0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. They admire and respect each other. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you all day long. I know. I'm like, do I need that tattooed on me? And welcome back to Talking Ship, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Megan Fitzgerald, and this is a show about couples from TV and why we love them and ship them, why we hate them and scream at our screens, and what we can learn from these fictional people as we try to navigate dating and relationships in our non-fictional lives. And this week, we're talking about a couple whose relationship I, and I think many of the passionate, opinionated, caring, career-focused people I surround myself with, think about all the time. I think this relationship has creeped into my subconscious as like a gold standard of healthy, if for no other reason that I've almost exclusively dated men with Adam Scott's frame. Um, (laughs) We're talking about Ben and Leslie from Parks and Recreation. And I'm so excited. Uh, Specifically, we're going to be talking about the ways in which They support each other's careers and what we can learn from them as we try to find partners who love us and like us and want us to be president um (laughs) (laughs) before we get to that i'm so excited to to bring back today's guest co-host you've heard her before discussing marianne and connell and she's also a passionate opinionated caring career focused person and someone i dare to venture has probably been compared to leslie nope Line. welcome back hello yes i um
1: dear listener am leslie nope <laughs> i thought i was just day when i like new girl came out and then i watched parks and recreation and i was like oh no this is literally me in a couple of years um mm-hmm. i very much identify with her and i think she's just now that I've said that, this probably sounds weird, but I just love her so much. And <laughs> I love me. I love, I love me. me. I am a narcissist, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm a big fan, especially of her and Ben and like their relationship. I think it's very special.
0: Yeah, I love. I relate so much to the Just Day thing because I was thinking about this show and. Just, you know, now we can go into when we watched it and our relationship to it. But I think like I watched it around the time, like 2014, 2015. I think I binged it all. It's last season. That was around the time where I feel like we all first decided to identify ourselves by relating ourselves to like strong women from television you know what i mean like i feel like little liz lemon first made an appearance in an instagram bio in like 2014 and for me like i never i i didn't identify with anyone from the office i didn't identify with liz lemon and so when i found leslie nope i was like oh This is what it is because I was also like so busy and passionate and goal oriented in college. So it was so refreshing for me to have a female lead be a professional first. And not have being a mess be her lovable quirk, but rather mm. being very good at her job and being kind and caring, having that be the thing that made her lovable. That was like, I, I think that was like relatively transformative for me to see at 22. Yeah.
1: I think I, the first characters that I like loved so much, I wanted to identify with were the Gilmore girls. And I oh, was like, sure. I'm a Lorelai meets Rory. But then, especially as I got older, I was like, I'm I'm, as much as I'd like to be. I'm definitely not a Lorelai. So um, when I saw this show, I was just sort of like, wow, that's me. And like, she's like kind of weird and nerdy, but Mm -hmm. she still has friends. And like, so do I, you know, like I was, I feel like I was always pretty social.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because it's not nerdy in this like, nobody likes you it's not cool to care thing it's Mm. like you care and you're nerdy and you'll still find people to surround yourself with your whole life yeah Um, i I was like i think that's more realistic Yes,
1: 100%. I love that on the show, they're like, oh, that's just who she is. And, like, Mm -hmm. she doesn't really get made fun of by her friends for being that, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I I feel like that's kind of nice about the show in general is, like, the humor comes from relationships and from people being who they are, but their characters are not really mean to each other except for uh, Jerry.
0: Jerry. But (laughs) which I think they make up for it. I think about Jerry's final arc Jerry becoming mayor and like the flash forwards and the finale and giving him this very kind finale all the time because I think to me that like makes up for the years of making fun of him like being the butt of the joke (laughs) yeah being the butt of the joke exactly and I think that's like the essence of of Parks and Rec is that it is kind and I think it's so interesting. It gets compared to The Office so much for like very relevant reasons. Obviously, we have like the Greg Daniels, Mike Sure connection. And originally, it was supposed to be an Office spinoff in season three of The Office when they go to the Utica branch and we meet Karen and everything. Originally, the plan was to have it be an Office spinoff, and they were going to do another branch of Dunder Mifflin, and it was called Untitled Office Spinoff. And oh. then, yeah. And then they kind of reinvented it. And I think it is, obviously, you know, there's the mockumentary style and it's very character-based, but I think this show is kinder. And also I think, you know, both of them look at like the value of community and the importance of celebrating what you have, even in a small town and appreciating the simple things and putting relationships above everything. I think they both celebrate that beautifully. But I think Parks and Rec seems to celebrate dreams a bit more and also seems to value like growth and character development and people really improving on themselves and asking for more about of their lives. And we see that with Leslie's trajectory, but with all of their trajectories, like all of them become like grow into themselves and show this incredible arc much more than we see as an arc with all of the ensemble of The Office. I mean, I think with The Office
1: uh, it's comforting because, like, I just rewatched it during the pandemic, which mm-hmm. I feel like everybody did. Sure, of <laughs> but it's, like, you feel comforted by the fact that these people will always be here. They, right. You'll walk into Dunder Mifflin and the, they'll they'll be there. Like, the desk won't change. And it's just, like, very comforting and homey in that way. And mm-hmm. with Parks and Rec, it's, like... It's even, even though it is mockumentary in a workplace comedy, it's even shot differently. Like it just mm-hmm. feels poppier. The jokes are a little bit more broad. The characters a little bit more broad, but it's also super grounded. And then you, you feel okay with them with what you're talking about with the growth, you feel okay with them growing. You're like, oh, like maybe they won't be in this office when I walk into it, but like, they're going on and living their lives and uh, developing as
0: people in a way that I'm like excited about because I feel mm-hmm. like I know them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it's one of the shows that gets like progress. I really do think it gets progressively better because yeah. I, I, I mean, except for <laughs> the peak of the show is her city council run, I think, like there's nothing funnier to me than the Leslie Bobby Newport. Oh, like it's so, good. it's so good. That whole season is so good. It's very um, rich and like becomes it's more rich. layered uh-huh. and like yes, it's like
1: they never forget their characters. Uh, the writers never forgot the character history of the people. Yeah, yeah. To backtrack a sec, uh, the Office comparison, I think, just building on what you said. Michael Scott is such a different boss than Leslie Nope. And I think right. about this all the time in, like, I've been at the same company for five years, but when you go into a job interview or when you're going into a new career, I feel like the two best pieces of advice that I've gotten are, look around, does anybody here have the job that you want to be promoted to eventually? Mm. And also top-down attitude what are the leaders of the company like and do you feel like there's they've created a good workplace environment mm. and i think michael scott is obviously so lovable but like i don't think i would actually want to work at under no. mifflin mm. <laughs> and, and leslie nope is just like she's got a moral compass she manages people well she like recognizes people's strengths and yet still manages to be funny as a stand-up, I feel like I constantly see, I want to say amateur, but I'm going to say it's across the board, like experienced comics and amateur comics who play to the lowest common denominator when they're like, all my jokes are about sex or all my jokes are about like poop or, you know, or like drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like the thing that they think is going to be funny, but not actually their point of view or how they feel about the world. Right. And... Leslie Nope and Parks and Rec in general is just, like, such a good example of how just somebody's point of view and personality can be funny. You know, it, it kind of makes me feel like it was serendipitous that I watched The Office when I was home and couldn't go anywhere. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, I needed that kind of comfort. And now that I'm fully vaccinated and can, like, reemerge in the world and things are sort of starting up again, I'm with this show, mm-hmm. again, rewatching this show where I'm, like... And they're out in the world, and they're making
0: change, and they're falling in love. And yes. it's just great. We're bringing big Leslie Ben holding hands, jumping off a cliff energy. I like you, and I love 2020- you energy. <laughs> I like you, and I love you, and I'm so ready to drink in public with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, speaking of. All right. Let's go into Leslie and Ben, and we're going to start with relatable content. Mm-hmm. And so you may relate to Ben and Leslie and thus this episode if you knew this person, your person, in a professional setting first, but then got to know them personally.
1: Hmm. You may relate to Ben and Leslie if you have thoroughly embarrassed yourself
0: in front of your crush or the person who becomes your crush. Mm-hmm. You may relate to Ben and Leslie if you are with or want a partner who you share a lot in common with and that you love geeking out together with. One of my favorite Ben and Leslie moments is when Ron overhears their message. He like, they butt dial him and she you overhear her being like, and this is how Eleanor Roosevelt would kiss. <laughs> and I was like, that, that was the moment where I was like, okay. And some people, even the weirdest people find their soulmates. And that's beautiful. Weird, weird matches weird or game finds game. What's that phrase?
1: Game, game
0: meets. Game. Game matches game? Game fights game? <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. Whoops. I'm going to have to work on these when, as <laughs> I go back into the dating mm-hmm. world. <laughs>
0: yeah. Game sees game.
1: Game point game. Mm-hmm. Whoosh. Nothing but net. Um, there it is. <laughs> you may relate to Ben and Leslie. If
0: you, surprise, fall in love with your friend. Mm-hmm. and you may relate to ben and leslie if you have big ambitious goals and know that you're going to need a partner who is going to stand beside you through them or if you just like really skinny guys <laughs> um okay well let's go into len oh my god len. let's let that's len. their couple name that's a terrible <laughs> couple name lenny lenny oh yikes mm. let's talk about lenny my rewatch i like really
1: loved watching them fall in love again Mm -hmm. and just how that develops and i really appreciate that it takes a while and i i think they are so high on my list of fictitious couples because Mm -hmm. they really complement each other like Mm -hmm. they really comp um fill in, like, there are puzzle pieces that come together and fill in each other's strengths and weaknesses and are very good balance for each other. Like, even before they realize that they have feelings for each other, like, when one of them is freaking out, the other one is like, hey, yo, you're cool, like, I'm going to take care of this or, like, I'm going to snap you out of this. Mm. And they save the day for each other, respectively, in a couple episodes before they get together. I just... Love that so much. Like, in Media Blick, they're promoting the Harvest Festival. And Mm, Ben is getting a lot of slack because, like, everyone finds out that he was this 18-year-old mayor who bankrupted Mm -hmm. a town. And, like, it's the only thing anyone wants to focus on. And he is so bad at the interviews. And Leslie is, like, shocked by it. But she comes in and saves the day and, like, ends up forcing him to do an interview with her where she helps him get over his fear. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it really just shows that they're these equals and great partners and she doesn't shame him for honestly like a really arguably like big problem for their job that they have to do Mm -hmm. together but she's just like okay we're going to figure this out we're going to do it together and i think that's really special because i think when you start to like someone you just want to like be the best version of yourself yeah. um, and don't want to show those moments or flaws. And so it's um, really beautiful that they get to like do that for each other as their friends and falling in love.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree. I like what you said about the puzzle pieces. I really like what he says in the wedding where he's like, I have worked in 40 towns in Indiana and I realized I was just like wandering around looking for you. Uh, And I really do. I know. (laughs) I I got chills. (laughs) Rewatching the wedding here we'll do it here I was like we have to sidebar about their wedding at some point and let's just, just do it here because it came up I am such like a, I love a big wedding I love a planned wedding I love everybody showing up and flash mobbing and seeing every character that's ever existed in the show I have always asserted that I want a big wedding but this is the rare exception of a wedding on tv where it's like it's so simple but I think it and it's it's messy and it's perfect mm. and the way that it happens and their vows and how it's in city council it's just so them and i think that is my favorite thing to see on tv and in non-fictional world's weddings where like the wedding is so specific to this couple and that in Leslie's is just perfect in that way.
1: Do you see me I'm like tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> I I like you always thought that I wanted a big wedding and I think that I would still like a big celebration with like a party with all mm-hmm. my friends. But yeah, this wedding and just I have had a lot of friends get engaged this year and a time when I feel like all the normal celebrations like can't really happen in the same way Mm -hmm. because we're all Mm -hmm. like putting our health and safety first as we should. And, and yet it's still so beautiful and special. And I think it kind of just like distills down to what makes you a good couple and like that it's just you two against the world and Mm -hmm. all these other people are part of your community and your life. And like, that's important. But um, in the end it's like you and your partner and I think right. they're they're just such a good team that I just mm-hmm. like, ugh, it ruined me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what I love about their relationship is that everything about their romance and their partnership is rooted in the mutual respect for each other as individuals. And I think one of the worst things that can happen in a relationship and the ones we see on TV and the ones we see in our real lives is when... Couples become defined by their coupledom. And we see this, you know, with the friends who, like, once they're in a relationship, we never see them again. Mm. That is who they are. That is what they do. And I... I've never liked that idea of like, oh, this person completes me. And I think it's so refreshing watching them because we do get some of the the things that you just said like ruined us. We get some of the like hopeless romantic satisfaction of watching two people fall in love in a very romantic way and to be completely obsessed with each other. But we also get to see a professional woman pursue her professional dreams and never lose sight of them because she's in a relationship. But in fact, have her relationship support her and bring her even closer to her dreams and uh, like and maybe that ruined me maybe that (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: (laughs) attainable
0: i'm gonna hold that's attainable i think we can find it and i think we should find it and there are so many moments in the show that highlight this dynamic like i think the ads this is why the wedding hit me so hard is like the fact that her wedding dress, if you haven't watched in a while, uh, they decide to get married kind of on a whim and early and her wedding dress isn't finished. And so Karen makes her wedding dress out of all of the bills and laws that she's like put into place as a counselor and like important documents from Thank her God career. there were enough. They, I mean, <laughs> thank God, she's busy, you know, and to me, the fact that like part of her wedding, a wedding, which is about a union celebrates so much of her individuality. That's so significant to me. And I think that a lot of it is wrapped up in I love you. And I like you because that mm. that says it all. It's like I can be madly stupidly like, oh, she's. She she drew a kiss monster (laughs) like stupid in love but also like respect who you are as a person and value that first and foremost and so i love you and i like you like sticks with me i I don't want to say i love you and i like you ruined me but i love you and and i like you has become a gold standard for me as i think it it should be for many people yeah i think you should love and like the people that you are with yeah, and I think that they do a really good job
1: of, like, showing us how that works by how they communicate. Especially, um, like, when she first is running for city council and the, what are they, PR people who are, like, campaign people who are helping her. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to break up with Ben. And they, like, just got together, just started yeah. dating. And mm-hmm. she's talking to Ann about it, and Ann's like, you still haven't told him And he knows, you know, um, in the end, spoiler alert, but uh, I think that's an example of comedy TV writing where, like, the people Mm -hmm. can't communicate and then uh, hilarity ensues. And there is, of course, an element of that in these shows, but in the end, Ben and Leslie are both always, like, they prioritize them, almost like their careers and themselves and their relationship equally and... Mm -hmm. Never hurt each other in that
0: way, right? Right, and even I'm also as you brought up Anne. I realized two minutes ago I called her Karen, and oh my god, well she was she played Karen on the show. She played Karen, so anyways, anyways, everyone I met Anne. Um, I think we see this really well in the same sort of like the miscommunication around when they're getting together, and it's the episode with the world's smallest park, and she's steamrolling what he wants and he wants to create separation in their relationship and then she really apologizes let her she hears him she hears him and it's not this like oh she whatever we're gonna progress this plot because these two people can't communicate it's kind of the anti-normal people in a lot of ways (laughs) we're like (laughs) it's so satisfying for that too yes yes and she's like Fully apologizes and then says exactly what she wants, which is, I want to be with you. And that's also why they're so refreshing as a couple. Is like, yes, we get these like comedic plots, but they always do resolve in ways that are healthy. Mm-hmm. For everybody
1: out there on starting like me to date, and I'm going on a lot of first and second dates, it's mm-hmm. like you don't know this person yet and so i think it's really a great way to establish how you communicate and how you want to be communicated with right like, you kind of have to guide somebody into how to interact with you um and set the standard in a way yes. so yeah. watching this was like really good it was like okay well i would like to you know, initiate a date and be like, this is a date, this is the time. Like, I'm a schedule Mm -hmm. girl. I want to, like, plan it. Yeah. And, or if you were planning the date, like, I want to know that he's taking into consideration that, like, I have a life and other things going Mm -hmm. on. And, like, when Mm -hmm. am I available to spend time? And then it's it sounds very clinical, but I actually think it's quite romantic.
0: Oh, absolutely. And then, and it sets yourself up for success. It sets yourself up for the ability to, fall in love if that's your objective you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if like you're setting a standard of this is who i am and i'm gonna be very clear about it and if you're on board then great Mm -hmm. Mm. okay and we're gonna take a quick break to talk about our partner this week and it's a big week because talking ship finally landed Adam and Eve, baby. I feel like you're not a real podcaster that talks about relationships until you get that Adam and Eve sponsorship. And this is the week. And if you don't listen to other relationship and sex podcasts, let me tell you about Adam and Eve. It is the number one adult toy superstore on the web. They have everything. Classic Sex in the City vibrators, new wave insecure vibrators. Butt plugs, straight out of girls, really anything, any sex toy ever mentioned on any TV show, they have it on Adam and Eve. Seriously, they have literally everything, so it's a great shop if you're buying something for you, something for your partner, something for your girlfriend. We're all going to bachelorette parties this summer finally, so hit up Adam and Eve because your friends are going to need to still keep it spicy once they are married women. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to adamandeve.com and you're going to end up with free stuff. Select almost any item for 50% off and then Adam and Eve is just going to load on even more free stuff. What you're going to do is enter the offer code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V at checkout and get 10 free gifts When you purchase something, 10 free gifts, you get a sexy item for one partner, a sexy item for the second partner, and then a sexy item for you to enjoy together. And, and six, uh, six films, six short adult films and free shipping. So again, adamandeve.com use the code believe B-L-E-A-V at checkout, adamandeve.com. Get your stuff for you, get your stuff for your partner get your stuff for your friends, and aspire for a bigger, better, healthier, sexier life. Isn't that what watching TV romance is all about? All right, wow, this was thrilling. I'm gonna get back to the episode now. Speaking of finding the right partner, Let's get into it. We're going to focus. There's obviously so many things to say about Leslie and Ben, but I think at their core and the thing that we want to talk about today is that they are people who... From the first moment, they're in each other's lives. Actually, not totally true, because at the beginning, they are... They don't like um, each other. (laughs) They do not like each other. But from uh, uh, early on or through their entire lives, they are so supportive of one another's career. And I think for so many people, that's so vital to find somebody that not only understands, but supports your careers or your goals. And so we're going to talk about... That today and how Ben and Leslie do this well and what they learn and what we can learn from them as we try to navigate, you know, finding a partner or working with our current partner to support one another's career. Yes. So, I think we will kind of go in like chronological order of like the moments that come up. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one of the things I think that we touched on a bit earlier that is so important with them is that they do meet at work this is part of what sets the tone for their entire relationship is that he sees her like doing her thing very early on and she can do her thing unapologetically without worrying how she comes off and if he likes her and if she's talking about work too much because they met in a professional setting and she's not at all concerned about being likable, about being sexy, about being cute, all the things that we think about when we're dating or when we're even even in a social setting where we might meet somebody. And it's great because I think that that is who he falls in love with. He falls in love with the passionate Leslie Nope. Like the moment I think we see it is when he's, it's in flu season and she's like trying to pitch for some meeting while having the flu. And he's, you you see it in his, you see him have the realization on screen where he's like I love her or mm-hmm. I at least he's like I like her. He's like that's Leslie. Nope. Yeah. And it's that's so beautiful to me that like that's the initial, you know, attraction. He's so impressed with her. And I yeah. think like to your
1: point of meeting in the work setting, they also meet on opposite sides of an issue and I think it really is a testament to her character about how she handles that like he is her quote unquote I think she calls him her enemy you know at some mm-hmm. point in that pilot and then she's not she doesn't handle it the best as like we've seen Leslie throughout the seasons handle things like really well but mm-hmm. she's still mostly professional except when she gets drunk and like they go they're at that the stake hole or yeah and she's like really drunk and she's really rude to him and then yeah. she turns to Anne and she's like well i think that was very unprofessional yeah. <laughs> my point is that he sees her like kind of at her quote-unquote worst and True. it's yeah. still like arguably not that bad
0: yeah and i think that's like it takes so long in other relationships to see somebody at their best and at their worst you know what i mean like mm-hmm. It, it happens over months and maybe years. But when you meet someone in a work setting, like I, I've said this before, it was like at work, you you do see people on their best days and their worst days. And I think like even if you don't, you know, we can't always control where we meet people. And even if you don't meet at work, I think seeing somebody as not just a potential romantic interest a romantic partner but seeing them as like a full actualized individual you know who is passionate about what they do or who is a very capable in their professional setting like it does endow you to them in this specific way that's like oh damn i am just one part of their life not they are the thing that is going to add to my life yeah you know and i think it's helpful to try to see every we should see everybody as fully actualized individuals but like i think early on the earlier you can have the experience of seeing someone that in that way or like you know just take it upon yourself to to think about them in this way i think that's very helpful and i think that established i think ben and leslie established respect really quickly and that is such a great groundwork for a romantic relationship
1: yeah i think Going on a date is a very contrived, I guess is the word, Mm. setting, especially for us in the modern age where like you meet someone through a dating app or you meet someone uh, out maybe at a bar or like a friend's barbecue or something, so you don't have very much context. Mm. and then you're immediately in a quote-unquote romantic setting. And that's kind of what I've never liked about dating somebody I don't really know. Because to Mm. me, it feels like this is a quote-unquote date, but, like, it doesn't feel romantic to me. It just feels like, who are you?
0: (laughs) You Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all mystery. Yeah, yeah,
1: which can be super sexy, but it's like when – like, I have always developed a work crush. Everywhere I have worked. And I think it's just really – sexy to see someone in their element if they're good at their job like uh, restaurants I always had a work crush uh, you know like an office job whatever it is volunteering I had a big crush on (laughs) someone I used to volunteer
0: with and I was like wow Mm -hmm. they're so good at what they do and they like care about the world you know (laughs) what's not to like 100% work crush everywhere I go. I will go out of my way to have a work crush. It's like I'll fine. be like you, it's so fun. In the same way that people are like, oh, people will find you attractive if you're confident. That is natural at work. You don't have to think if you're good at your job, you don't have to think about it. You're like, I'm just doing my job. I'm not putting on being confident in order to be sexy or to be attractive. You're like, I'm just doing my thing. And that's why I love so much of their early flirtation is that we're watching them get their work crush. We're watching them be attracted to somebody being good at their job. And I think that's like part of what's so relatable is that you're like, oh, yeah, I've had that moment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's game recognizes game
0: game recognizes game. They've <laughs> <laughs> come full circle. Okay, we did it.
1: Um because they they have that. They it's like game recognizes game. Oh, we're like running in the same like league here and mm-hmm. we value the same things.
0: The other okay, the next thing I want to talk about in their the ways that they support each other's career is the way that they just are able to selflessly prioritize the goals of one another. And so I think this is the time to talk about the nope 2012 button mm. which is I think an essential essential moment of the show. And I think one of the most romantic moments of TV for me personally at least <laughs> as a overachieving goal setting career focused enneagram 3, I think the moment that he gives her that button establishes the kind of relationship that they're going to have and also the relationship that we all deserve in our lives totally because it when he gives her that button knowing full well that if she runs for office they will have to put a pause and their relationship it shows us who he is and how he values her nobody should ever have to think oh well should I go accomplish my lifelong goal and might upset my boyfriend like if you are someone who identifies with Leslie at all you know that you need a partner that is going to understand that you do put your goals and ambitions front and center yeah and 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 you'll do the same for them and then if and you then you decide as a couple like we're gonna finish this out and the moment that he did that for her when he was like he he hands her the button I was like, oh, this is, this is my husband, (laughs) her husband. I'm like, this will be her husband. But this is also like my husband. This is what my husband This is a for sure
1: quality to look for. I think it says he's willing to wait. It says he's willing to do the work. And she's not asking that of him. Like, of course she wants it. But I think it's really like, he really steps up there to be like, this is what I'm willing to do but this is what I value and I, I value you for all these reasons why you should run so right. like I have I want to support you in
0: this yeah and I'm putting you and who you are and what you want in front of the way that you compliment my life as my girlfriend yeah you know We all deserve that. We all deserve someone that respects us as the individuals that we are first. And then she does the same for him. I think that's equally important that when he gets the opportunity to run the campaign in Ohio with Queen Catherine Hahn. I love her so much. Love her queen of my heart there she has this like moment i think what the show does a lot is we see leslie processing the emotions behind the decisions Mm -hmm. because that's like the structure of the show is to like show our protagonist like making the decision and ben's always just like there with the right decision but with leslie we see her we see her have this moment of fear and anxiety around him leaving for ohio for six months Mm -hmm. because and that's human but i think because there is so much respect and faith and trust in the relationship that's so established she gets to the answer pretty quickly which is like of course of course you have to stay take this and we will figure this out because I think what they do really well is that they are a couple that is making goal based decisions and not fear based decisions her Mm. reaction isn't once she gets past the initial emotion of it her it's not like well we have to make this choice because this is safe it's like we're going to make this choice because this is what we want Yeah. And something that I've talked about in therapy
1: is like guilt over the first reaction, like guilt over not wanting him to go in her case, you know, being like, Mm -hmm. I will, I want him here. And, and that's okay. Mm. You can still be a good partner and have that feeling. It just, you, it's like taking the next right step. And then when I think about it a little bit more, what do I want for this person? What do they want? And then like making the choice that is best based on all of that, rather than just like your immediate reactionary emotional response.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. And we see this in, we might talk about this later, but we see this in the series finale too, where there's a flash forward, where they're both approached about running for governor of Indiana. And his, his immediate reaction is not like, This should go to Leslie like they both wanted at first they have days of debating who should do it and then she literally says like let's flip a coin Mm -hmm. like let to decide who does it and then he gets to the answer where he's like it should be Leslie because Leslie had this in her kindergarten dream journal Leslie is so passionate about Indiana she thinks Indiana is the best state in the world like of course this should be Leslie but he doesn't get there immediately so we can't you know I think it's just the journey in between the immediate reaction and the final decision. The choices. Like, I think mm -hmm. that's what makes
1: us love them so much is that they are able to make a choice that is good for their relationship and Mm -hmm. also good for them, ultimately. You're like, you don't really feel, like, even though they do sacrifice for each other, for sure, you just Mm -hmm. don't feel like they're going to be bitter about it later.
0: Right. Right, because they have this, and here seamlessly transitioning into the next thing i wanted to talk about i love this concept that ron swanson speaks of ron swanson like i have to say his last name (laughs) i love he's a firsty lasty (laughs) he's a firsty last lasty um i love this thing that he talks about in this episode in the episode we were just speaking about where leslie is running for city council and ben gets the other job where he says you and leslie like to hold hands and jump off a cliff together and i think that's that's like a key element of their relationship in the ways that they make decisions because they're like we will figure this out together they can take a leap We're... because they are together yes exactly and i think like we never know what life is going to throw us and you have to be ready for everything but i think especially when you have big dreams and goals you can't plan that trajectory as neatly as we would like. Despite many years of my vision boarding and careful goal setting, um, sometimes the path is going to be inconvenient. And I think what we is beautiful about Leslie and Ben and what we can learn from them to be a supportive partner is that like you have to be willing to hold hands, hold hands and jump up off the cliff. And I love the holding hands part because I think like You know, as we're told in so many podcasts and meditations and stores that sell inspiring magnets, like the that's the attitude we should have about life is like, you know, just like jump and trust that, I don't know, the universe will catch you. The net will appear. The net will appear. Yes. (laughs) That's what it is. But I think to have someone to hold hands with and to jump that's the best yeah. and we see that we see them do this at like several points of their career and that's what's so great about the time jump and the flash forwards is that we do get to see them continue to do this their entire lives and i think when you commit to someone you just have to accept that, that that's what it is it's going to be a lot of holding hands and jumping off cliffs and you have to continually like like you can't jump and hold hands if one person
1: isn't jumping
0: you know like exactly otherwise you die <laughs> <laughs> you die. Someone's, someone's dragging that you off dark. the cliff. Um, well, actually, it works really well because just to bring it back to this office comparison. Mm. Yeah. Pam,
1: oh, point. Pam and Jim, Pam man.
0: could never, Pam could never hold hands and jump off a cliff. Ben <laughs> wants to run a campaign when Leslie wants to go run the national parks department when ben wants to run for office they're so on board together and i just find it important to point out to the many people who love pam and jim that pam and jim could never jim wants to start a startup an hour and a half away and pam pam can't get behind it because she makes fear-based decisions and not goal-based decisions well also
1: pam and jim later i think it's an, it's kind of like the nature of how they got together, right? Like Leslie and Ben are communicative and like upfront with each other mm-hmm. about how they feel from the start. Whereas Jim and Pam got together and like Pam was engaged to someone else and was right. denying her feelings for Jim to Jim. So it's, like, a little bit of different footing to start off on. And they are a great couple and duo and they support each other, but they don't necessarily have that, like, really awesome communication that Leslie and yes. Ben have. When, yeah. when he does that startup thing in The Office, um, and if you don't mm-hmm. know what we're talking about, like, listen to Megan's other episode about The Office. Jim, he, he goes to start his own business and he thinks that Pam is on board, Probably because she didn't voice her concern, but also because they didn't really have a real conversation about it. Mm-hmm.
0: He just was like,
1: I want to do this, so I'm going to do it. And then we have the conversation about it.
0: Yeah, and they're not – they they never talk about what they want out of their careers. Actually, this is like – I actually think a very relevant side tangent yeah. to make this comparison because we're talking about people who do support each other's careers and there's a big crossover of the fan base. Pam and Jim never have these conversations about like what do you want – out of your career they have these conversations it sounds like you know they know they love each other and they know they want to be together but they don't know what else they want out of life when opportunities do come up to shift gears they don't have a full conversation about what that means and what you want and why and what's the best move and what Leslie and Ben do so well is that they have this ability to talk about work and career decisions as a couple as a couple but not even in this like um permission-based way of like is it okay if i do this what will it mean for us as a couple but more in a i value your opinion and i respect you so what do you think about this here's how i'm feeling here's what i think here the pros and the cons what is the right move and and i think that they do this so well and that's so admirable. And like, yes, they're working in similar fields. So they have the benefit of that and being able to discuss that? Cause they both, but get I think, it. yeah, cause they get it. Yeah. And I love a moment. I love so much that I think highlights. This is it's, I think the end of season six, she's considering taking the job at the national parks and she is, you know, having feelings about leaving Pawnee and he takes her to the golden gate bridge and you know walks her through the redwoods and kind of take walks her through what it would be like for her to be a national parks director and how many millions of people's lives she could affect who are visiting these parks and then he takes her to the sign where the golden gate bridge is and points out where her name would be on the sign and he's so in it with her like to understand the consequences of what this job would be and how the details of how many people it would affect and, you know, the trajectory of the career. You know, he gives her this speech and then she picks up the phone and makes the call. And I I don't know that she could have done it without him. And that only happens because they have established this ability to talk about each other's careers and do it intelligently and thoughtfully and selflessly. Yeah, and, like, they're in love, but they
1: also, like, understand I mean, I guess not, but, but they understand Uh each other at their core. And I think like, that's what makes a really good friend or really good romantic partner is somebody who can see you when you're having trouble seeing it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like, there've been times in my life where like, I, we get scared of success. Sometimes there are really amazing opportunities or, um, You know, like your life will change if you say yes Mm -hmm. to like X job or a move or something like that. And sometimes it's really hard because you can't picture what that change is going to look like. And Mm -hmm. maybe your life is good enough as it is. So why rock the boat? And so when you can have a friend or a parent or like a sibling, or I mean, I think it's extra special when it's your romantic partner. Be the person to be like, not only do I support whatever decision you make, I see you and understand you've got, I want you to take this risk and I'm going to be there with you. But this is you and your life. And like the person that I love, I think should take this gamble. Like they're so lucky
0: yeah but to me i like i don't even they are so i think anybody who has this is so lucky but to me i that will have to be a standard for Mm -hmm. me is somebody who understands this part of me and is willing to see through to me to my core and then be able to talk with me about it yeah and not just be i think there are other relationships if you didn't understand her career if you didn't understand what she wanted, who she was at her career, at her core, where you would be like, Leslie has to make this decision and I will respect whatever she does. Go ahead and make your decision and let me know when you have it. And that's that's not who they are, not just because like, oh, we make decisions as a couple, but because they have this language mm-hmm. of being able to talk about Their goals and what makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's so important. It's so important. It's so realistic
1: too. Like I called them aspirational because they are, but they're also, it's very um, achievable. It's very attainable. And like, just like Jim and Pam's marital struggles and not communicating are extremely realistic and... Mm -hmm. Things that couples go through all the time, and it doesn't mean that they shouldn't be together or that they're not a good match. It's just like, this mm-hmm. is something that we need to work on together is like extremely relatable and something where you could watch that and be like, oh, I've had that struggle in my, right. in my relationship. This too is something where like, like you say, it's like a standard. It is. It's like a gold standard of communication and love and support, but it is very achievable. It never feels like, oh, wow, like that will never happen.
0: Right. This is not like magical TV romance. They kissed in the rain and the music swelled and her foot popped. (laughs) This is like, let's sit down and here's where I'm at in my career. Here are the factors to consider. Let's have a conversation about it. If you're in the same field, it makes it easier. But if you're not, then like, do some research about it, (laughs) listen to your partner, Google a few things, figure it out. You can achieve this. You can put it upon yourselves as a couple or as an individual to know more about your partner's career ambitions and the complications behind it and the complexities of it and what factors to weigh. It's very achievable. Yeah, it is, which is, like, so nice. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's what, and that's what's nice about them is, like, you know, there are some, like, magical moments, but most of them are not. Most of them are, like, very simple. (laughs) I think we would be remiss if we did not hit on something that, like, does slightly bother me or at least, uh, you know, would be a missed moment if we didn't talk about it is that I think there are moments where it really does sort of feel like, Ben gets the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about, like, the complications with having two very career-focused people and yeah. very ambitious people is that, like, eventually probably somebody will have to sacrifice. I know you've done this couple,
1: but I think that's mm-hmm. um, similar, but in a drama format is... Uh, Be- Randall and Beth. Yes, Beth and Rand. Yes. Yes. It's like... Yes, it's she's funny that we're doing them back to back. sacrificing for him.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he has a much harder time sacrificing for her because he's not used to yeah. it and mm-hmm. and so i think this is it's a different relationship and different like things at stake but i think that both like you said Ben and Leslie are both ambitious people Um, yeah it's not like one of them wants to be the house husband or the housewife
0: right yeah and so I guess doing both of these couples back to back I was like oh is it always the case that one person will inevitably have to sacrifice I dated a guy who once told me that I put my career before any
1: relationship I also just like was kind of fading out in the relationship and it was one of my Mm -hmm. first long-term things and I didn't know how to end it Mm -hmm. but it really bumped me on like, you know, it was like a itch I couldn't scratch where I was like, I don't like that descriptor on many levels because Mm -hmm. it's a making it an either or, right? Like it's your career or it's a relationship. And I just don't believe that. Like I want to be in a relationship and also have a career and I want the person I'm with to feel excited about the fact that I'm excited about my career, yeah, you know, yeah. not that it's like uh, a sacrifice for them that I have something right. that I'm passionate about. But I think when someone is hurt and that's why it's like really good to talk about like sacrifice and what you're willing to do and like, you mm. know, recognizing when your partner is sacrificing for you too yes. um, is really important because – when people don't feel seen in that way or don't feel like, hey, like, I don't have your attention or your time right now and I love you, mm-hmm. but like, hi, I'm alone. I need I need a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: That can be hard. Yeah. I mean, I think part of the inevitable thing of choosing to be in a partnership is that you don't always get your way. You don't always get you want. That's like, yeah. you know, kind of just we all know what we're signing up for when we get that. And I think some sacrifice is just part of. Part of the deal. And looking at Leslie and Ben, like at first glance, I was like, damn, Ben really sacrifices most of the time. He doesn't take the job running the campaign in Florida. And then he loses his job in Sweetums at one point because of a vote Leslie makes. And then, you know, in the end, Leslie's the one that ends up running for governor. Yeah. But also, there are times where Leslie sacrifices too. And she doesn't, you know, run for city council again in the. Finale where it is a toss up of like who is running for governor, she makes it a literal toss up. She's like, I think we should flip a coin. Yeah. She's like, because no matter what happens, one of us will be great and we'll support each other the whole way through. And I think we needed to see her be willing to flip the coin. And then we see again, Adam Scott does a really beautiful, like you could watch him process actor. Like I was like, oh, the moment is in this moment, he realized she should be governor. But I think we did, We whatever, we needed to see her be willing to flip the coin. <laughs> well, yeah, because and then I, we don't feel like she respects him as much as he respects her. Yes. Mm-hmm. If it goes mm-hmm. another way, you know? And I, and I think what it comes down to is like, is finding a balance of like, who's sacrificing what and when, and weighing how valuable the thing is that they're sacrificing, because ultimately, like with the job he doesn't take in Florida, they don't make that out to be his dream job. They don't make it out to be this great campaign with this person with all these values that he's excited about that he turns down. Mm-hmm. Leslie doesn't say anything to him about it. He just decides to go home. And that's what he you know, proposes to Leslie because he'd rather be with Leslie. Like the stakes weren't that great in this thing that he sacrificed. But when he wants to run for Congress, they make it work. Yeah. You know, and they do and they put his career first. Like I think about when I started my last long-term relationship, he moved to New York about six months into our relationship. And it was never a guarantee. I was still in Los Angeles. It was never a guarantee I would go to New York. But, you know, we hadn't been together that long. So for this relationship to continue, if I wasn't going to New York, the relationship wouldn't continue. Mm. and arguably like i had more i'd gone to school in los angeles arguably i had more connections in los angeles but to me i was like i just would rather be with you and the like stakes of staying in los angeles aren't high enough for me to outweigh that mm. so i think that That's like so UK, yeah yeah i was in love once um <laughs> <laughs> But, like, you know, it was, I wasn't giving up a series regular role in Los Angeles to like go be with him in New York. There are opportunities for you there as well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think that's, that's part of like, I think in finding, in finding sacrifices, are there still opportunities for this person Mm -hmm. if we have to make the sacrifice for my career? And just, and just balancing that and making sure it doesn't get, you know, it's not always the same person sacrificing like it is with Randall and Beth. Yes
1: yeah no i think that's so so well said and it's always different like when you see it on paper if you just see the facts like oh Mm -hmm. she moved for a guy or whatever right and it's like well yeah okay if you want to distill it down to one thing one aspect Mm -hmm. of the decision making but like you just provided such a good example like this is a a world of possibilities for me and my career as an individual and also good for the relationship to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people can get stuck in what they thought they wanted or what they thought was going to be the next right step. And then Mm -hmm. and so like in Leslie and Ben, I think we mostly see them be open to possibility.
0: Mm. Let's talk about just how we've seen this play out in our own lives of people supporting our careers or not supporting our careers. Have you ever dated someone where it's been really strongly one way or the other or seen that with friends of someone being super supportive or not at all supportive of their partner's career? Because I I mean, actually, well, some of my favorite couples are of the non-fictional world that I live in are kind of Leslie and Ben's. Like I said, my aunt and uncle met on opposing council and I think they're an amazing couple. My best friend and and number one fan of this podcast met her future husband when they were both reporters in a small town. That's how my parents met. And not in a small really? town.
1: They both were journalists. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my god, amazing. I think the fact that they work in the same field and have worked together really have helped them make tricky career decisions and talk out career moves throughout their lives. And it always sounds like I'll occasionally hear, you know, them talking about it. And it always sounds amazing to me that they get to have a partner that gets it, who supports them, and that can be an active participant in the decision making and the talking through instead of just being like, whatever you think, honey, you know, they like yeah. really can can get into the nitty gritty and weigh the pros and cons. And, you know, in our field, I never want to date an actor. I will, I am happy to have that on the record. <laughs> I was like, um, she just
1: got closer to the mic. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's about to say something. I do not want to date an actor. <laughs> but I've, of course, like fallen for actors because, you know, they do what I do. And yeah, it's great when you can like work on sides with somebody. And a guy can be like, "Oh yeah, I actually think that's an internal beat change right there," and you're like, "Oh, that's hot. Let's talk about that more. Let's talk about the next beat change." But I have dated people that are career adjacent. Yeah, me too. And, I and I think that's lovely. Like, I think it, I think it is nice to be able to share the day to day things, the simple wins and frustrations with someone, and have them get it without having to explain what it means or or how much it means. Like I was, I was pinned for something recently and well, this is going to make me seem a little bit cooler than I am. I was dating two people at the time and <laughs> one guy was like, wait, so what? Well, I don't get it. What does that mean? Did you get the job or did you, did you not get the job? Are you busy on Wednesday? Are you not busy on Wednesday? And I was like, I, well, this is what pinned means and blah, blah, blah. Where the other guy was, who was in the same industry as me, was like, that's so great, even if you don't get it, that's so great that you've established this relationship with that casting director who has never brought you in before. Yeah. And, and my ex and I would talk about he was in comedy. So we would talk about these like milestones in each other's careers. Like, we'll go to this restaurant when this happens for you. Like, yeah, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And like, I knew, you know, about like getting booked on shows and packets. And yeah, uh, you know, he knew about co-stars and callback so that
1: was really nice having the same language like i have a friend who uh she and her boyfriend work in the same industry one of my best friends and they are Mm -hmm. such a great couple like they are leslie and ben and they actually have been watching the show together recently oh nice and i think that they're so good at supporting each other's careers and also being uh you know when you're an artist like you really do need notes or you need a, a critique from someone because you're, Hi. I don't believe you can really make art in a vacuum. You need an audience mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, this is sort of my goal and how is this coming across to you is a big part mm-hmm. of the the writing process or the performance, whatever it is that you're making. Um, is it evoking the feeling that you set out to, to evoke? Um, And they're really, really good at helping each other and also just like making career decisions or even making things together, like how Leslie and Ben Mm -hmm. work together. And I think that's something that is so lovely. And as I've been, I've been, like I said, going on a lot of like first, second, third kind of dates where you still don't really know the person that well, Mm -hmm. but it's something where when you have that connection be it like you're from the same place kind of, or you work in the same field and you can speak the same language a little bit, like breaks down a barrier of some kind where you're like, oh, okay, like you you get me on a certain level because you get this thing mm-hmm. that I'm super passionate about. It's really nice. Like, I don't know if this is quite related, but it's on the brain. Um, I was talking to a friend because I went on a another date with this guy who's like really awesome and I'm not sure that it's the right fit for me but like I'm I'm getting to know him and who knows. She made this comment about you don't spark with everyone. That's what makes it special. So
0: that's mm-hmm. kind of not related, but I was just thinking of it. <laughs> no, and I think I think it I think it is in that like just because someone you could have all these things. You could work with someone, have them understand your industry and have there not be a spark. Mm-hmm. And you could have a spark with somebody And they don't get the, in a couple the and yeah. they don't get it at all. And then you can work to establish the language of it
1: like leslie and ben it's not just a show where we watch people who are really good business partners and then they have a relationship you're not watching like a political dream team and then there's no Mm -hmm. spark you see them have chemistry and they have this like pull towards each other and it's kind of magnetic and they grow and change over the seasons together but um Mm That's probably another thing that I like really love about it and want in my own relationship is like you want both. So the whole thing about it, I was just talking about with the spark is like someone can really fit you in one aspect of your life, but maybe not be your person, you know, Mm -hmm. and might be like, because they you don't spark or they don't get the thing that you really need them to get. Right. But people can grow and change and learn to get it.
0: So who knows? Yeah. So who knows? (laughs) Um. So, but that... You know, leads nicely because I think we're going to end this episode with the the age old question is, do you ship it? And by do you ship it, we're going to talk about do you ship Ben and Leslie? And then also do you ship this as a non-fictional dynamic? Do you ship a non-fictional Ben and Leslie walking around there? In Indiana. I mean, wouldn't it be just so shocking if I turned around and said, No. I don't really like problem. Ultimately I don't like them together. No. (laughs) Ultimately he's too short.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you you said it. Like, I think I and you both identify with Leslie as people who are very uh, career driven and passionate about the thing that we wanna like make money at. Mm. It's not just a job. Like I, I totally respect that people can have a job that pays for their life and their passion lies elsewhere and like more power to them. But I'm a mm-hmm. person whose passion happens to also be the thing that I make money at. And that in itself is something that I think uh, in a real world situation, I need a partner to understand. So yeah. 100% I ship them. And I think that they are like such a wonderful example of a healthy relationship that has its ups and downs and like how to work through it. And um mm-hmm. They're both ultimately people that, like, I would want to hang out with. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think they're one of the best couples on TV, top to bottom. And like we said, they're so refreshing in so many ways. And I think they're great for people who, you know, like us, who love, who I think we're both, like, romantics, but we're also smart and, and intelligent and practical. But we're like, we love TV romance. And I think they're so great for people who love TV romance because they don't, glamorize like the drama and the pain and will will they won't they will they won't they can will they be together it's forbidden ultimately like they are two people who dig each other and respect each other again in the wedding episode which i love she says something of like there are a lot of signs that we should get married tonight but when you really love each other everything looks like a sign yeah and i think that that's so This is, you know, is another thing that speaks to how they admire and respect each other. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you all day
1: long. I know. I'm like, do I need that Uh, tattooed on me?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. You're not the first person to do a podcast episode and be like, I think I'm going to get a tattoo that says (laughs) that. Um, And then nonfictionally, I, of course, I ship somebody in a Leslie Ben situation. And I've talked about dating people at work before and how you know there's work crushes but then i think there's you know turning a work crush into a work relationship and just to put you know some statistics on it john berger who wrote datanomics and you know studies basically like the soci the sociology sociology is that how you say that word yeah 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 who studies the sociology of dating he says to date people from work those relationships statistically last longer because you have such a foundation in place already and you know you you can get to that leslie ben place of being able to communicate and support and talk about things faster if you do have the foundation at work but if as we said earlier even if you don't meet at work you can get to that leslie ben place by getting involved in each other's lives and giving a fuck like esther perel has this whole new podcast that's called so how's work and it's all about this idea of like we need to a lot of people don't know what goes on in each other's work lives and it's so important for all of our relationships to understand how our work lives and our personal lives are involved and intertwined how you're spending so much of your time i just can't imagine like i think my worst fear in the entire world is that my husband has a work wife. I think it is. Wow, now that became one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would be horrified if he's like, oh yeah, I'm just staying up late with Stacy again. We had a late night at the office. I, first of all, just wouldn't ever be able to handle the jealousy. I don't know, like, I just want to be able, not that I could do Stacy's job, because I don't know, she could have to do math and I can't do that. But like, I want to be able to be the person that my partner goes to to have difficult conversations about work, even if I will never understand everything. I want them to feel like they can come to me with a lot of it. I'll have to come back to you once I'm
1: in more of a serious relationship and see how it all panned out. But I think something Mm -hmm. like that I'm really looking for in dating is just kind of both of those sides of the coin. Like, Do I feel some sort of uh, chemistry, some sort of pull, like something where I'm like, wow, like, I'm really excited to spend time with you, and then do I respect how you spend your time and your mm-hmm. energy in this world? I think especially after the year we had, have had, like, I've, I went on a date with a guy who's, like, no interest in um, politics, which mm-hmm. I I get on a certain level, but I'm also, like, how does this mean that you're just not involved in the world around you because that is a big part of my life and i think Mm -hmm. even if you want to ignore it all of our lives so the the civic engagement is important to me and these things sort of like you discover them as you as you date more which i feel like you're really good Mm -hmm. at dating and, and meeting new people and putting yourself out there so i feel like i've taken from our friendship and from listening to these episodes just like the things that you learn along the way because you kind of have to have that firsthand experience so Mm -hmm. i i love a couple in real life who can can do both you know get you a girl get you a guy who can do both that kind of thing where
0: yeah i want
1: there to be respect and i also want there to be passion
0: that's why we ship it (laughs) oh thank you so much for coming on to talk about them this is lovely so nice like I should go yeah. swipe some more or something. <laughs> I know no, I'm feeling inspired and I'm gonna look for one of my questions on hinge right now is I'll buy the fir- you know, the, the I'll buy the first round if. Oh yeah. Mine right now is I'll buy the f- first round if you volunteered in the last election. I love it. And that's how you find a Ben. That's how you find a Ben, maybe mm Hmm. Vika, where can people find you online? Share. Feel free to share all. Like, feel free to share Art Save the Vote too. Yeah. All the um. Involved in. I
1: yeah. am on Instagram at Vika Stubbs, and that's S T U B B S. And I work with a group called Art Save the Vote that my friend Kelsey started. She actually I have to give her credit. She was the one who told me about that spark thing, which I thought was like so mm-hmm. beautiful. Nice. And it's a group of artists who um basically as an offshoot of this group called the high for change that megan's also involved in which is all a bit about activism and how to get involved artists were like okay we could like create content to inspire others to get involved or be more socially aware about what's going on in the world it's been super fun to you think in this new way that's not just like okay i'm writing a pilot or i'm writing this mm. which can also have those themes but like how could i how could i reach people in a totally different context so check it out that's right. on instagram at um artsave the vote and the Hive for change um i think that's it uh you, cool. if you follow me you'll see a lot of pictures of my cats <laughs>
0: All right, everyone. And you can find the podcast at Talking Ship Podcast. You can find me at OnlyMegan815. And, you know, find us online and share your thoughts about Leslie Ben. There are so many great Leslie Ben moments we did not get to talk about. So send them to us because we can talk about them online with sound you off. and sound off about the proposal. Ugh. And, you know, we want to hear about your real life experiences of dating people who supported and or didn't support your career uh all you leslie ben's out there you know we want to hear from you and uh, let us know if you've got ben's lying around and we will be back next week talking about a new couple and why we ship them or don't and what we can learn from them (laughs) see you next week